We are on the last Sunday of our leap of faith and faith promise emphasis. Um, we heard um, two Sundays ago Pastor Clay talk about the joy that comes from responding to God's call on us to uh, serve others, to build relationship with others who are different from us. And last week we heard from some of our members who have been involved in tornado relief efforts and how they have experienced God in those efforts. And so we are closing it off today considering the call of a character in the Hebrew Scripture. We're in Judges chapter 6. The whole chapter is really worth a read, um, but we're going to begin reading at verse 11 and uh, pick it up the high point of the story. Listen for the word of God. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, to Joash the Abizarite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and has given us into the hand of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. And he responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. And then he said to him, If now I have found favor with you, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a kid and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to the Lord under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that it was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Help me, Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it still stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abizarites. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. 
in considering what it might mean to leap, to take a leap of faith. It's especially interesting to think of the events since December the 26th. We have had a number, an amazing number from this congregation who have leapt to respond to the needs of those who have suffered loss and damage as a result of the tornadoes on December the 26th. Many who have gone beyond perhaps what they think their strength would normally allow them to do. And then also those who did suffer damage um, as a result of the storms who are having to dig really, really deep into their own spiritual, psychological, and perhaps financial resources going beyond what they ever thought possible. And then yesterday, we had a team from the North Texas Conference who returned from the island of Lesbos, where they worked for two weeks helping to take care of people on boats who are crossing the sea, coming from the Middle East and from Syria. People who are leaping to get out of a situation that is so violent and so scary and leaping into an unknown future, trying to go somewhere where they can feel safe but not even sure if they might be welcomed. And so this team from the North Texas Conference went there to just simply help people coming off the boats get into a set of dry clothes to get something warm into their stomachs and to offer hospitality so that they can go on one more stage of the journey. In reading their posts on uh, social media, it has really required a leap of faith. It has really required a leap of faith to go into such a, an unstable situation and to do the work that they have been called to do. But they did it. They leapt at it. And it's interesting to think about what it means to take a leap of faith with regard to this story that we have just heard. This story which is dripping with Hebrew humor and irony. Um, Gideon, who is, he says, as he describes himself, the least of his family. And his family, which is least in the clan of Manasseh, which is one of the 12, 12 tribes of Israel. It's a tribe we don't hear a lot about. And the context into which this whole story happens is a really interesting context. So... During Gideon's time, Israel was being besieged and plundered by the Midianites. And in the first 11 verses, we get a description of that. And I just want to share a couple of verses for you. In some ways, it's interesting to hear this description and then to think about what's going on in other parts of the globe right now. Says the hand of Midian prevailed over Israel, and because of Midian, the Israelites provided for themselves hiding places in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. 
For whenever the Israelites put in seed, whenever they planted their crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the land as far as the neighborhood of Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. And so this was a very bleak time in Israel's history. They had no king. They had no obvious leader. And yet the surrounding nations were coming and tearing up the land and destroying the means that the Israelites had to feed themselves and to take care of themselves. And so it was a truly horrible time. And then we've got this picture of this this young man, Gideon, who is beating out wheat in a wine press. Now, I, you know, how many of you have a wine press? How many of you beat out wheat on a regular basis? Okay, so this is kind of the picture. A wine press would have been an enclosed uh, perhaps a wooden structure uh, with maybe a, a stone in it um, that would have come down. They would have put their grapes in it that they harvested um, and then would use that to press out the juice from the grapes and put it into wine skins or perhaps clay jars so that the juice could ferment and become wine. And so Gideon is in this enclosed, very tight enclosed structure, and he's beating out wheat, which suggests two things. Not I think it suggests three things. Number one, the wine press hasn't been used in a long time to press grapes because there are no grapes to press, number one. Number two, he must be absolutely terrified of beating out wheat in the open because he might uh, subject his own self and his village to a raid by the Midianites. So he is beating out perhaps a very small crop of wheat in this wine press. Now, if you beat out wheat, you want to do it out in the open on a day when the breeze is just right. Because when you beat out wheat, it produces a lot of chaff and a lot of dust that can be inhaled and can make a person cough a lot, right? He's so terrified he's doing it in a wine press. So you get the picture. This is a terrified man in a terrified village in a terrified nation. Driven by fear. And oftentimes when we are fear driven, we become even kind of smaller, pulled into ourselves, right? And I don't know why this is exactly, but it brings to mind Piglet from Winnie the Pooh, who is so afraid because he's a very small animal. And so we've got Gideon, this young, fearful man who is trying to keep his movements as small as possible so he doesn't draw attention. And God appears. Hail, mighty warrior. Right. Uh-huh. And so Gideon's thinking, who is this crackpot? Calling me a mighty warrior? So Gideon doesn't really know who he's dealing with until the conversation begins to continue and he realizes 
that there is a call that's being placed on him that seems beyond his own ability to respond to. God commissions him to drive out the Midianites and to bring about the safety of the Israelites. And to Gideon, it seems like an impossible task. He is being called to leap. And as so often happens when we are being called to take a leap of faith, we say, give me a sign. How many of you in your lifetime have said, God, give me a sign, please? Right? And God, being the kind of God that God is, complies. And so Gideon actually has the gall to say, God, can you wait there a minute and let me go get my offering ready for you? God says, sure, I'll wait. I'm sitting here. And Gideon goes in and prepares meat and unleavened cakes. I mean, it must have taken him days to do this. And I imagine God sitting out there, you know, waiting on, you know, waiting on Gideon to do his job. And he comes out and then the instructions come. You lay the meat and the cakes on here and you pour out the broth, pouring out the broth as a libation, a liquid offering to God. Which is a sign of who Gideon is dealing with. And then when the food is consumed as a burnt offering, then Gideon realizes who he's dealing with. Now, this character of Gideon, I believe, is so us. Because when we put on baptism, as Connor did this morning, when we put on baptism, we are not only claimed by God and drawn into God's household through this sacrament of baptism, but God also lays claim on us through a call and says, I have work for you to do. And we spend our lives trying to grow into understanding what that work is. But a lot of times when we reach adulthood especially, we protest about the work. God, give me a sign. Tell me who I'm really dealing with here. And the questions go on and on and on. And the hesitation goes on and on and on. And Gideon's call is actually very much in the pattern of other call stories that we see in the scriptures. The call of Moses, who in front of the burning bush goes on for two chapters trying to give God every reason why he's not the guy God wants. And go over to the first chapter of Jeremiah. When God calls Jeremiah to speak his word to the people of Israel, and Jeremiah can find every reason why he's not the guy. He's too young. He doesn't know how to speak well. Go find somebody else. But here's the thing. God only has the Moseses and the Gideons and the Jeremiahs of the world to work with. God only has the Clays, the Carolines, the Randys, the Lilianas, the Deans, the Patricks, the Valerys, the Jims. God only has the use each one of us to work with. 
And as we have put on baptism, through that God is saying, I have work for you to do. And the thing is, God's presence and God's faithfulness is with us to the nth degree. God's presence never goes away. And so when we are called to take that leap of faith, call, uh, to live into that call that God has placed on our lives, we leap. But we're not jumping off a cliff. We leap ever deeper into God's presence. The God who has promised to be with us to the nth degree. Amen.